Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Oh, yeah. Now with a breezy air theme. I'm sure Hopefully. it's not going to be breezy. I mean, easy it might breezy. be breezy, but it might it would definitely won't be easy breezy. I don't know. My brain just keeps going to, like, Aang, you know, and some of the rather awesome things he could do with air that were also quite deadly. But it's mostly lightning, I think. Yeah. That's what we expect. Yeah. So to be <laughs> fair, air won't kill you. What air can carry can kill you. True. What if it's a temple with no air? That uh. would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, gosh. That'd be That would be so... very funny and very bad for us. Yeah, I don't have a way to get around that. I like the idea that we open it up and it's like the vacuum of space just sucks us in. <laughs> Could be fun. But no, uh, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers had completed their trek through the crypt of Earth upon defeating the guardian of the uh, the general, if you will, of the crypt of Earth. They had uh, activated the pyramid there and they believed removed the third of the four sills protecting the inner sanctum of Hakatep. We got one left. <laughs> yep. The uh, group had then uh, decided to back it up, make their way to the Crypt of Air. Had spent a short period of time kind of poking around the door to that and then going, you know what, we should probably sleep on this. <laughs> yeah. And so we did. Best, you know, we go in uh, fresh. Yeah. Yep. I believe we left off with our heroes uh, resting up for the evening, enjoying uh, a nice evening in the uh, the magnificent mansion of Hollis's creation before uh, awakening the following morning in preparation to dive once again back into the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh. I'm assuming all of you do your usual uh, morning meditations and workout yep. routines yep. and playing with pratfalls with Narmer and grooming yep. your chicken and everything else that goes with your morning routine. Yeah, some light reading. A little light reading. I suppose then uh, we should go ahead and get things started. I assume that you all wake up in the morning, make your uh, daily preparations, eat a good breakfast because it is the most important meal of the day. Supposedly. Before gathering yourselves together. I believe there was a bit of preparation, though, that you guys mentioned uh, some interest in doing. You know, we do have that Senate board. How many charges is left on that? A lot. <laughs> a lot? Because we never remember to use it. I mean, it is true. It basically got used, I think, maybe once a book. <laughs> You guys have had that since uh, book two, I wanted to say. I yeah, think so, yeah. Time. We have five whole charges left on it. Wow. The game of fortune's passing. What bonus Me. does that give us? It's like a save bonus, something like that? Plus two luck bonus on skill checks and saving throws specifically against fear and death effects. That might have been useful for Hollis a little while back. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Once used, a pawn loses all magic, becoming a normal playing piece. The game of Fortune's Passing has 10 pawns when created. Once all 10 pawns have been used, the game uh, becomes a mundane Senate game set. Well, okay. We can go ahead and use that. Uh, that's for 24 hours, right? I believe so. So if we happen to push into uh, the inner sanctum a little bit, we could also we can get some mileage out of it. That is true. Uh, well, uh, probably... What, Citra and Sudi can play, and then maybe Hollis and Masika? How does that, how, how does playing it work? It's the winner, right? So, yes, to play the game, uh, two individuals have to play against one another. It is an opposed intelligence check that takes 30 minutes to perform. So you can either wait an extra 30 minutes, or if Sudi and Citra each wanted to play one against one another, while Hollis and uh, Masika are doing their daily preparations, then you guys could all meet up after an hour. Yeah, because Masika has to play with Narmer for an hour to get her spells. Yeah. So okay. that's up to you. Well, Citrit and Sudi for sure. And if you want, you can actually play against the board itself. 
which will magically move the pieces around to play against you. But you still have to beat the board, right? Correct. Hmm. Well, um, we could try so that it's guaranteed that one of us will win, and then whoever is left over then can the just play the board. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Uh, so straight intelligence? So straight intelligence. So Sudi, Sudi and Citrus sit down over the breakfast table and pull out the Senate board. Uh, since they were the only ones actually there when you guys got this back in book two, since uh, Hollis joined in hmm. book three and Masika joined in book four. Oh, that's true. That makes sense. Weird. All right, Narmer plays go. referee. Narmer is busy. Oh, that's right. I'm busy. I'm He's doing pratfalls. <laughs> Mashika. Or juggling Mashika. or something. Mashika. What? Pull my flipper. No, I'm not going to pull your flipper. <laughs> uh, okay, so playing Senate, I roll a four for a four, so I'm sure I'm losing. <laughs> Ouch. You are definitely losing. Oh, uh, <laughs> rub it in. in. I rolled an 18 for a 21. Ah, I couldn't right. even have gotten that high because I only have a zero bonus. <laughs> I have a plus Sadness. three bonus. So, so after 30 minutes, I can only assume 30 minutes because Citra is dragging it out. Uh, Citra. You know, I, I don't want him to feel bad. Uh, I, believe there, <laughs> I believe there is a degree of luck in the game of Senate as well. I think there's oh, some yeah, dice sure. rolling involved. There is, yes. So otherwise, you could just throw the second game and we could guarantee. I actually have a Senate board. I apologize. I don't remember who sent us that Senate board. It's nice. Oh, I don't know. I actually do have either. a Senate board that was set uh, to us. But definitely, don't play Senate against Rachel. She always wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, mind you, like it's been I think three years since someone uh, someone sent the mm. Senate board. So I appreciate it. It's sitting right over here uh, on my desk. <laughs> so I suppose uh, Citra, you finish this up. You pick up the uh, the piece infused with the magical luck powers of the game of Senate. Indeed. All right, so you're just going to play against this and hope that there's a way to set it to easy mode. <laughs> I would like story mode, please. Sudi is not smart. All right, go ahead All and roll right, me. here we go. I roll an 18 for an 18. <laughs> oh. uh, it, it's better than before. That it is That's better fair. Than That's before, a lot better. Yes. That does, however, beat the Senate board. Um, despite the Senate board's uh, effective intelligence bonus of plus four, so it basically what? has a genius level intelligence. Wow. Specifically for the purpose of playing okay, the game Senate, I suppose. That feels very much like when you play the computer in chess games and the computer <laughs> just annihilates you, even on easy, because it's like, oh, this is this is just this is as easy as I can go. Yes, this Senate board is the uh, the fantasy equivalent of Deep Blue. <laughs> For all the chess nerds out there. Yeah, that was a good chess joke. <laughs> something, something Gary Kasparov. Uh, okay, so yes. plus two luck bonus on skill checks and saving throws against fear and death effects. Okay, let me get notes. Sudi is not really some, uh, it's not really Kasparov level. Actually, you know Lord what? No. There's, a, uh, there's an interesting short story that I read. Here it comes, guys. Get your bingo card. Uh, called Three Sailors Gambit. Who wrote that? By Edward Plunkett. That uh, was about sailors that basically sold their soul to get a crystal that the devil gave them that gave, made them really good at chess. <laughs> it was a fun short story that uh, Strange Stories podcast turned me on to back in the day. Shout out Strange Stories podcast. It's a good podcast. Yeah, so Sudi, after playing for a uh, the better part of another 30 minutes or so, I suppose uh, Masika and Hollis come in to see, you know, Sudi jumping up and down and basically like, in your face, Senate board, as he uh, <laughs> successfully wins in a game of Senate. Picks up his chess piece and puts it in his pocket. To be fair, he's only won at Senate, like, what, maybe twice or three times that we've we've done this? You have three charges on the board remaining. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> so, Hollis, Masika, do you guys want to get in on this? 
It's a magical game. Literally. I mean, I like magic. Yeah, did we have enough left? We have five. We had five charges, so we are down we to three charges two. now. All right. Hollis will play the game. Hollis is probably going to win the game. So Hollis versus Masika. Uh, you know, I rolled bad. Uh, Hollis rolls a four for a 12. Uh, Masika rolls a 12, which gets her a 13. Hey! Oh, <laughs> hey! Eking out the victory. Hollis is like, game, I don't understand forth. this game. We played chess. There doesn't seem to be I'm any from. logic to this game. It's all luck. It's mostly because it's just sugar and armor on either side of the chest, on either side of the Senate board as well, like clucking and nattering on with suggestions on how to. It's basically the familiars trying to, to make the casters actually do what they want. Uh, mm -hmm. However, Masika, you do come out victorious. That's uh, meaning that you I have was a, like, oh, I rolled a 12. There's no way in hell. And <laughs> I rolled a 4. <laughs> meaning that you have a magically infused uh, Senate piece that grants a plus 2 luck bonus on skill checks and saving throws, specifically against fear and death effects. Very nice. Right. Very nice. Make sure you don't lose that because we can turn it into a regular piece. Isn't that it is true. just a regular piece after the magic wears off? Well, that yeah, but you know, you want to keep the full set so we can keep playing. We... we we are going to play again, right? Sure. You can play as much as you want to play. <laughs> as soon as he has that realization of, oh, God, we may only have two days left before we've finished Akatep off. Well, I'm going to play the board by myself because it's devastating. I was going to say that line makes it sound like, you know, we're setting up it for the Sudi's inevitable death. Like, we're all going to play this after we're done with this adventure, <laughs> it's that guys. For, right? It's the foreshadowing where you together. know Sudi's going it's down. It's more that, like, Masika's like, yeah, I got to go back to my tribe and the parched dunes when all of this is over. And I don't think y'all are going to come hang out with us. So they could visit. <laughs> yeah, it's real easy to visit now that we know where everything is. Um, I rolled a 15. For a 23 on my playing versus the board. The board gets a nine. Woohoo! Having rolled a five. Take that, it. board! <laughs> <laughs> Alice eventually getting the hang of this. Um, so after oh, uh, two hours of playing... Sticks. It's kind of weird. After two hours of playing Senate, um, all of you magically infused with the power of this uh, caster level five magic item that you've been carrying around since book two. Yep. Uh, ready yourselves to go into book six, as you, uh, I, I think you guys weren't probably supposed to. Uh, this feels a little bit like having all the, all the mega ethers and all the rest of that left over as you're going into the final dungeon. It's all the Phoenix Downs. Save yep. the Phoenix Downs. Mega elixir. I suppose you, uh, gather yourselves together and set out. I mean, we set out in that we step outside, like, ten well, feet. And make your way back up. <laughs> yeah. Stepping out of the, the magical enclosure... Uh, two following along behind all of you, stretching out to his full size as he uh, exits out into the open air. The sky above still this constant storm. A set of steps ascending up the eastern face of the pyramid, making its way up to the, uh, the stone block leading into the final of the four crypts. You cross the open sand, paying little heed to the occasional fat drops of rain which fall and strike you across the shoulders, occasionally hitting the back of your neck and sliding down the back of your shirt to send a chill up your spine as you begin to approach the pyramid. That's a rare, a rare sight, getting rain. It's true. <laughs> the fat drops leaving a field of craters in the sand surrounding the pyramid itself. As you begin to approach closer to the pyramid, uh, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Mm -mm. At least I got a bonus. Um, okay. I roll a nine 
for a 26. I roll a 9 for a 36. Mystique rolls a 2, which gets her a 9 with the bonus of 13. <laughs> I rolled a natural 20, which got me a 41. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Citra, you are the first to notice this as you begin to approach closer to the, the pyramid, closer to the stairs that ascend up the center of the the eastern face of this pyramid to the landing some 280 feet above the sands below. Dang. Dang. It's a brisk morning hike. It's true. That's uh, climbing 28 flights of stairs to get yep. up to the, uh, yep. the front entrance. As you approach, Citra, you notice a few curiosities. When you had approached yesterday, some of the, the pylons, some of these metal poles protruding from the side of the pyramid that had acted as lightning rods conducting the electricity across the face of this pyramid. These brilliant bolts of blue and oddly strangely purple electricity that crawl along the sides of the pyramid. Some of them that you saw yesterday that were at least half buried are now completely free. And the sand around the pyramid seems to shift. Sudi, as you approach closer, you can feel a stronger vibration making its way through the sand. Although again, in the case of the sand here, with your tremor sense, it's far more muddled, almost mm. muffled, the vibrations that you feel through your tremor sense. The vibrations are stronger today than they were yesterday. I think the pyramid is starting to go back up. We knew we only had a few days, like a week was optimistic. Um, I'm glad this is the last one, is what I'm trying to say. We're almost done. Well, we We're have the inner, time, too, says. The, the inner sanctum after this, too. And I that's think we where, like, not want to leave the pyramid 75% of the people on the list are in that inner sanctum. All right, how do we open this door? Oh, right, we knew that. Um, a puzzle. There's a puzzle. Ascending yeah, up these cartouche. steps, you make your way up to the front door. To describe it once again... The stone staircase leads to a platform jutting from high atop the pyramid's eastern face. A large, dark block of stone polished to a mirror-like finish blocks entry into the pyramid's interior. A few dozen golden tiles inlaid in the block of stone surround a symbol of an arrow piercing a cloud, painted in a blue metallic hue. A single hieroglyph is carved into each tile, and a line of smaller hieroglyphs is engraved above the tiles. You had translated this as speak the name of the one to whom this pyramid of air is dedicated. You had also managed to determine that the speak could be interpreted instead as basically entreat or even spell. So we had thought to move the pieces to make the cartouche for this uh, outsider. Yep. So we got to put pieces the pieces move? in the right order. Because we hadn't actually touched it. I guess it's true. We haven't actually touched it to know if it moves. Touch it. See if it moves. So I'm imagining it's a tile puzzle. Uh, who is uh, approaching, who is dealing with the pyramid, uh, with the puzzle. Not I mean, it. Hollis knows how to spell it, but Citra needs to be near Hollis in case it's trapped. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'm... We link arms clear. and we yeah. step up. <laughs> Woo! It's going to be great! <laughs> it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Stepping forward, uh, placing a hand on the tile. The tile does not move. The moment you touch it, however, you feel a soft... Vibration might be a word for it. It almost reminds you of, as a child, the sense through your fingertips of running your fingertip along the top of a partially filled glass of water. 
that if it weren't for the wind and the lightning, that you think that you could probably hear a harmonic hum that comes from the tile as you touch it. Hmm. All right, so we're probably making a musical sound that we can't really hear because of the storm. Music? I guess we just have to tap them. So we tap the ones in the right order that spell this lady's name. If you wish to continue. Yeah. Cool. Then I guess Hollis is going to tap, tap, tap. I don't know how it's broken up if it's by like, I'm obviously not letter. Well, the, the symbols, the hieroglyphic symbols equate to sounds. Kind of the same way that letters actually do. Although sometimes a specific hieroglyphic symbol will equate to the sounds that multiple letters would make together. All right, so I'm, syllables, really. I'm, I'm putting the syllables in here. Tapping your way through this, as you go, the sound grows from being inaudible to barely audible to fully audible, as there seems to be this humming sound as if you are, again, as if you're running your fingers along and beginning vibrations on multiple partially filled glasses of water to make a resonant sound that echoes through all of them. As you finish with the last one, for a moment, I imagine Hollis and Citra watch apprehensively as it seems to build in volume before the stone block stops vibrating and sinks slowly into the floor of the platform. All right. Exposing a recess beyond. The recess itself, not overly large, the bottom portion of the recess now formed flat was once the top of the stone block that was blocking your entrance. Much in the same way that the statues inside of the Crypt of Fire slid down to form perfectly where basically the top of the statues then formed the floor tile moving forward. You're fairly certain that were it not for again the one harmonic sound at that point and two the sound of the wind whistling and blowing past that you would probably be able to hear the clockwork gears working inside of the walls of the pyramid. Weird. Cool. Instead, beyond. Hollis like motions for somebody else to go forward. City or step forward. You see an area maybe some nine feet at a side with a four foot wide hallway leading off towards the left hand side. You can see a coying green mist that fills Hmm. the entirety of the passage, although strangely does not roll very far out into the open area where you are. Why am I getting flashbacks to that place we went that had the acid fog? I was just thinking this mist is probably poison because everything here is bad. Well, uh, do we have any way to identify it? Mm, I can see if it's magical. I guess I'll detect magic. Also to get the properties of this wing, I suppose. Go ahead and roll me a spellcraft. Uh Uh-oh. That's not good. Uh, I rolled a five for a 33. You did better than me. I wrote a 14 and I got a 20. (laughs) With a 33. First off, this mist is magical. Mostly. You can tell that this mist appears to be an obscuring mist. Hmm. However, judging by the holes that you can faintly see along the sides, you believe that that is actually combined with the fact that something, probably again, because this is advanced technology, something is pumping a smoke into the chamber as well. Weird. However, as Obscuring Mist, it just means that uh, obscures all sight, including dark vision beyond five feet. Uh, moderate wind, such as that from a gust of wind spell, will disperse the fog. A strong wind uh, disperses the fog faster. Fireballs, flame strike, or similar spell will burn away the fog uh, in the explosive fiery spell's radius, etc. 
Hmm. Although you're fairly certain that since that there there is also smoke being poured in, you're not positive if fire would actually help. In fact, for all you know, that smoke is actually flammable. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Do I see a way to disable the pumping smoke, or is there no like mechanism? Uh, you do not have access to the mechanics from this side. Okay. That's what I figured. You could feasibly go along to all of the holes along the length of it and cram them up with whatever. That would be very time-consuming. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it is the only way. So let me let me see if it's uh, harmful to the skin. Uh, Sudio will take in a deep breath and then step into the foggy mist and just see if it's burns or anything we like that. We study him. Sudi, you make your way up. Reach the mist. Kind of look back towards your companion's nod. Masika gives you a thumbs up. Yep. Narmer pulls out a hanky and wipes his tears as if watching you march to your death. <laughs> <laughs> you step into the mist. No, you don't feel any burning sensation. Tentatively, I imagine taking a small breath. It smells. It smells pleasantly of mint and roses. <laughs> like incense. So he like steps back outside. Okay, so that's weird. Um, I don't think this is dangerous. It doesn't burn or anything like that. It smells of incense and mint. Oh, because this is air. And it smells nice, like, you know, it's very air-like. I told you it was going to be breezy. It could also be a purification ritual of some form. Two shrugs. Possibly. Weird, but not unreasonable. From what you've told me, the other passages were leading into the tombs of the various pharaohs, uh, generals and such. However, if this leads into his inner sanctum, this is technically the doorway Damn. by which the pharaoh's body would be brought into the pyramid. Ah. Mm, so it true. must be fancy. Fair enough. Well, I mean, the mummies of the pharaohs were anointed with all sorts of special oils and incense and everything else, so... Also, it doesn't seem surprising that the, uh, the sky pharaoh wouldn't actually treat all of the elements as being equal. It's true. He would like he the air one of us. Which means we should be extra cautious as we move along. If you don't mm. mind, Sudi, I think I'll take point here so that I can get a better view of traps since the mist is in the way. Oh, fair point. Yeah, go ahead. We'll be right behind you. At least we'll smell nice when we leave the hallway. It may also make us easy to detect if something has a strong sense of smell. Hmm. Or mask us. Well, it depends on if like something is trained to smell this, but like ignores it if it's in this hallway and then we come out smelling like roses, you know? <laughs> and then like, so suddenly there's like a, a, a monster that's like, ah, you're an intruder. Hiya. Minty roses. How minty dare roses. you be minty and incense smelling? All right, well, Citra is going to take point and being very careful for any sort of trappy nonsense that may be coming up. Okay. That is my... That is followed my by Sudi, goal. followed by Holoser Masika, who's pulling up the rear. Well, I imagine two pulls well, up the rear. Yeah, I think two's going to pull up the rear, so it really doesn't matter to me. Two also shrinks down to three feet tall. Oh, Cute. It gives me enough room to fly if I need to inside of the hallways. I always just want to pick you up when you're that small. I mean, you could. I believe I weigh approximately 25 pounds. It's like, please don't. <laughs> that actually might be lighter than me. Oh, actually, Narmer I'm made weighs, of, like, super light materials. Narmer weighs 10 pounds somehow. <laughs> anyway. Um, He's made of sky metal. Little did you know that Chishishek invented, like, aircraft-grade aluminum to make me out of. <laughs> <laughs> Mystica doesn't really care either, though the urge to pick up two is strong. 
<laughs> is that a Masika urge or is that a Heather urge? It feels like a Masika urge. It's too. definitely a Masika urge. She's used to carrying Narmer around everywhere. It's one of those true. tiny creature. <laughs> you know? uh, sure. I could tiny shit on one shoulder creature. and then two could shit on the other shoulder and then we'd be like, real cool. <laughs> no. I should shit. <laughs> It's not a bad word. I'm not bleeping it. It's just with, my action. With Masika's belt she got from Sudi, she actually has a 16 strength. She could nice. easily carry around the two of them. But anyway, Masika will decide not to pick up, you know, the warrior from the heavens because, you know, he probably wouldn't like that very much and continue on. Okay. You make your Can way you forward. stop behind me? Is he ditching us? There he yeah. is. He left. <laughs> He's like, haha, finally, and then flies away. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very lawful or good, anyway. <laughs> I've heard that there's an entire city full of secret libraries that I need to go break into. <laughs> oh, no. Away, and then he just flies straight off to Tefu. Citra, you take point. Plunge into the mist. Sudi behind you, then Hollis, then Masika. Two pulling up the rear. Just in case, he'll go ahead and deactivate the flaming property of his sword. As he makes his way into the uh, the burning or to the uh, the fumes here, in case it does some it's sort of like so we don't all explode. Yeah, in case it's some sort of like natural gas explosive or something. Citra, as you plunge into the the mist, much of the sound from outside dissipates, and instead you find yourself in this corridor, wide enough for you to easily walk single file, though not too abreast. The walls on the sides curve, not even curve, angle slightly inwards so that the ceiling is slightly thinner than the floor and covering the walls here you see numerous depictions of the traditional funerary rites for the dead carved beautifully into the surrounding walls accented with gold as you make your way past the hieroglyphs in their columns leading deeper into the passage you walk some 20 feet forward some 30 feet forward some 40 feet as you continue to follow follow the outside edge of the pyramid. Eventually, you see a sharp 90 degree turn to the right. Stepping forward, taking this turn, I imagine as you do, eyeing the floor ahead of you, the walls ahead of you, glancing up towards the ceiling some seven feet overhead, watching the passage as you make your way along this cramped confines. You then turn, follow the passage as it continues for only another 10 feet before it turns again. Citra, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Great roll. Do not worry about your trap finding or your lens. Just straight up perception. Rolled a 7 for 28. 28 perfectly succeeds. (laughs) Ooh, okay. As you turn, you're eyeing the floor. You have your lens up. You're looking along the side. You're prepping yourself. uh, Your trap sense going. A little spider sense tingling. Isn't tingling yet. You eye the floor. You begin to step forward and then pause. I can only imagine the moment Citra pauses. Sudi seeing this tenses, his tail shooting straight up. Hollis seeing this, like eyes that forward, raises up a hand and probably grabs her hat in preparation of running. Yep. Masika seeing Hollis grab her hat, readies herself, <laughs> tucks Narmer protectively. Two seeing Masika tuck Narmer protectively, hefts his weapon in preparation. Citra, the scent changes. There is that strong almost overpowering odor of mint and roses. But underneath that is something else as you turn into the side passage. A very faint, cloying addition to the mist's odor. Something bitter underneath it. That as you smell it for a moment, take a step back. 
you feel a slight lightheadedness. Oh. You think you're safe where you are. Probably wave everyone a little bit further back. But you don't know about this passage ahead. There's something more to the mist beyond this corner. Makes me feel lightheaded. Oh, it's probably some sort of knockout agent. Lure you in with a false sense of security, overpower your senses with the strong odors, and then introduce something. Mm, possibly. What? What is it? Since I know that uh, Citra has a robe of the, uh, what is that, apprentice robes that she wears? Robe of the Hedge My robe of the Hedge Wizard. Hedge Wiz. For her divination, you can detect magic and tell that there's not an additional magical aura. Whatever it is, is coming from the smoke and not the magic of this. Huh. Mundane so traps, as you will. <laughs> yes, the chloroform trap as you make your I was, way ahead. I was going to say, this feels very much like it's alchemical, and this is so the alchemist can shine. Actually, if anyone were playing an alchemist or was an individual with the scent ability, they could get a survival check at a lower DC to notice this instead of cool. the uh, the perception roll. Hollis is going to say None her command words. word and give her nah, say her command word and give herself a globe of air around my head for my home. Oh, that's right. You're wearing so yeah. You didn't have your cowboy hat on because you've got the the helmet on. Yeah, so it's like a pharaonic headdress. So yeah, my hat is is sadly you know tucked away in my bag of holding or whatever. Hmm. It seems to be with the smoke. Hmm. Well, I don't have anything that's going to get rid of that or help with that. Nope. Got to hold your breath. Yeah, we may just have to hold our breath and hope for the best. Depends on how far we have to hold our breath. The problem is I would go scout ahead, but I won't be able to breathe in to smell when it's no longer there. That's true. None of us will. Oh, I got to plug my, my sugar bag. Hollis <laughs> plug sugar's bag in preparation. Narmer doesn't have to breathe. That's true. Oh. But also, but he Narmer also can't smell anything. So no, yeah. All right, well, why don't we just, everybody take a deep breath. We'll go half as far as most people can go holding their breath. How long can everybody hold the breath for? Anybody ever time themselves? I mean, we're going to um, have to press through. There's no other way. I mean, I can hold my breath for about 22 hours, so. <laughs> okay, well, you're not normal You know, I, I'm abnormal, though. Abby normal. That's <laughs> <laughs> what, a minute for your constitution score or something? A number of rounds equal to two times your constitution score. If you're only okay. taking a single action, if you take a standard action, it uses up two rounds. So the average human can hold their breath for two minutes with a 10 constitution. So we may have to just hope we don't trigger any traps and just try to rush through it. Yep, sounds like plan. Well, or maybe there's saving throws involved, and that was just Rick using descriptive text that Citra was feeling, you know. Well, I'm sure there's a saving throw. Well, lightheaded yeah. stuff could be anything from passing out to, you know, makes Dying. you hallucinate. I mean, who knows? All right, well, I have my helm on, so I'm I'm set. Uh, but we can, when y'all are ready. I mean, yeah, I guess we're going to yeah. just have to do it. We're just going to have to hustle through this and hope that it opens up to a space that isn't covered in gas, and then that'll be when we can take a breath again. Agreed. So, There's Citra, totally are, you, are you double moving or are you single moving as you make your way forward? Double moving, we'll use two rounds of air. I guess single moving, just in case. Okay. So, Citra, Sudi, Hollis, Masika, two. Since two also does need to breathe. Mm. You each take a deep breath and then plunge forward. As you plunge ahead, holding your breath now, there's not an immediate difference. Although, mind you, you can still smell the the mint, the roses, and all the rest of that, since you've basically taken in a deep breath of this this mist and hold it in your lungs as you make your way forward. Go ahead and uh, have everyone roll me percentile. 
Let me know um, if you get below a 51. Oh, boy. That's weird. Oh, Lord. I don't know. My friend. Well, nuts. Don't worry about it from Hollis. Yay. Excellent. And me holding my breath doesn't do anything, though. Well, all of you are holding your breath. However, if you are oh, holding okay. your breath in an area that uh, you're attempting to avoid an effect, there is a 50% chance each round of you not having to make it. It's pretty much the same as averting your gaze because there's a chance that you inhale ever so slightly while you're making your way in. Well, I roll a two on a percentile. Okay. Uh, I get a 91. Okay. Since you got a 22. Oh, cool. Okay. Most of oh, the people boy. did bad. Let me roll for two here. Ooh, 92. So go ahead and give me a fortitude save real quick from Citra and Sudi. Oh, gosh. Please be better. Uh, so I roll an 18, which gets me a 38. Okay. Uh, I rolled a 14, which gets me a 26. Okay. All of you continue another 30 feet down the passage. Oh, why is this so long? Because of course it is. Because <laughs> of course it is. Go ahead and give me another uh, perc percentile roll from the party. I get a 45. Okay. Uh, I get a 76. All right. I get a 52. Hey, you're okay. good. So barely, barely, but I got it. And good two job. got a two. Dang it, two. Ah. <laughs> uh, so I will need a fortitude save from Sudi and two. All right. I get a 15 for a 35. <laughs> At least Sudi's okay. the one failing, I guess. Two, unfortunately, only rolled a nine, but that still gives him a 25 because he has a plus 16 fortitude save. Oh. <laughs> You continue pressing your way forward before you reach another turn. Citra, I imagine, takes this. I am imagining you guys are moving at 30 feet per round, even though so Citra can no longer, like, stop to search each square yeah. individually in front of her with her magnifying glass, but still has her trap sense if she comes within five feet of a trap at the moment. Yeah, so we have that. Yeah. Citra, I assume, uh, concerned about whatever this effect is, not even knowing whether or not it's continued because, you, you know, you're not taking in a breath. But the mist, however, is still surrounding you. You take the turn sharply to your left as you continue ahead. Round the bend. Go ahead and give me a percentile check from the party again. Seriously? The percentile <laughs> hate me. They hate me so much. They're getting better. I roll a 12. Okay. 62. Okay. So you got a 92. Nice. All right. Two gets a 63. All right. Let's see here. So, Sudi. One of these days I'll get through 50-50 shots. I'm slowly going down, so this is a 13 <laughs> for a 33. <laughs> so far, so good. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. There's another hallway of this stuff? As you oh round gosh. the corner and begin making your way down <laughs> another hallway. Thank you, Jess, for adding that role-playing coffin there. <laughs> no, Rounding the corner, Citra, you continue to push ahead. I will need a percentile roll from the party as you continue on. Oh, finally. I get a uh, 63. Oh, my god! I was going to say, it's a 50-50 chance. You can't fail forever. <laughs> you would think, right? <laughs> I All get right. a 75. All right. I got a 39. Oh. Two gets a 29. I'll need a fortitude save from Citra and two. Uh, I rolled an 11 or a 23. 23. Okay. Two rolls a six, which oh. is 22. You continue along the passage. Okay. Before you reach another turn, making its way to the right this time. Citra continuing along as you turn around the corner here, pressing your way forward. I'll need percentile roll from the party. Okay, that's much better. All right, I got an 80. 80? I got an 82. 82? I got a 97. Nice. Two gets a 47, so two does fell. 
No, no, two. Oh, no. To be fair, he's light, so if we have to drag him out, it's possible. <laughs> two, however, rolls a three on his fortitude save this time. Uh-oh. Bring him down to a 19. Okay. Rounding the corner. Citra, you make your way forward and step free of the mist. Yay, mist. Finally. Oh, there we go. Much better. Stepping out into a massive chamber. I imagine stepping far enough forward to leave room for the rest of your compatriots to step out, fanning into this chamber out of the mist behind you. Well, good. Everyone take a deep breath while you can. Yeah, I suppose gasping for air as you step out because you just spent the last 30 you know, seconds or so nervously holding your breath. Probably have a little tickle in your throat from that mist caught in your throat the entire time. Mm-hmm. You step free. Two does a little snort as he steps out because, again, he actually doesn't have a mouth to cough with. Oh. Don't know entirely how that works. Uh, unfortunately, two would have actually saved or failed against that, except for it is uh, it was a poison effect, which he gains a plus four bonus against. Ah. Oh. Nice. Okay. So, almost, almost got one of you guys with that. That was close. Yeah, really close. I'm really happy to have that helm, even if it means I can't wear my hat right now. You step free from this. The smoke almost rolling off of you as you step into the chamber beyond and into an interesting sight. The chamber ahead of you is large. The ceiling shoots up to a height of some 40 feet overhead. Stout pillars carved with hieroglyphs support the ceiling of this grand chamber. On raised niches in the walls off towards your right and left, some 30 feet up from the ground, are statues of winged lions looming over and staring down as you enter into the chamber. Their forms are Oddly, and it's difficult to tell from here, distorted. Almost as if the statues are incorrectly built. Perhaps they're intended to look like sphinxes, but they look oddly wrong. Mm. The walls of the chamber are painted with scenes of smiling peasants harvesting wheat as flocks of crows tear bits of flesh from their bleeding bodies. Ugh, okay. Jeez. The floor of the hall is painted with a dizzying and confusing conglomeration of overlapping arcane writings and symbols, forming a nauseating mix of colors. Huh. Speech in here is difficult, as the sound of wind coming from the far side of this chamber is almost overwhelming. And periodically you can see through flashes of light that the chamber continues ahead some distance beyond the range of your dark vision and into what looks to be a larger room, although it's difficult to tell where it leads. As all you can see are flashes of lightning and the sound of thunder, occasionally illuminating what appears to be a whirlwind, a vortex, what almost looks like a tornado trapped inside of the heart of the pyramid. Air elemental? Or is this the, the infundibulum of this place? Maybe? I want to study some of these weird writings. Yeah. Well, we should probably make th sure there's nothing else in this room before we go. I mean, nothing immediately jumps out at you. Yeah, let's let's have a look. Uh, I think Citra will probably step up to one of these strange statues. Yeah, Suji's going to take the opposite side and hit with the Golem Bane Scarab, make sure these aren't golems. Yeah, Thanks, Definitely. fans, who reminded us that we uh, forgot that we had golem bane scarabs <laughs> during, during the, the brass uh, golem fight. The, the fight with the brass golems. Uh, oops. <laughs> Sudi and Citrus step up. Hollis is uh, wanting to look over the arcane runes. Mm-hmm. I oh, guess Masika will start trying to figure out these hieroglyphs. Okay. The ones along the columns? Yeah. 
Two will go ahead and uh, expand a full 15-foot size since nice. he's in a room large enough to do so. Kind of steps up and keeps a uh, small, pun intended, an eagle eye out as he uh, makes his way ah. forward. And he is also, the, uh, like, always glowing. Isn't he always glowing? Uh, yes, he always, uh, his wings, since his wings are made of fire, do emit bright illumination. Yep. Nice. Nice. Stepping forward, fanning up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollis, again, you can't tell whether or not these writings are magical unless, of course, you cast Detect Magic. Um, however, you can make an Aldracana as you begin to look over it. It will, however, take you uh, 10 minutes to study the runes. Well, let's just start with a Detect Magic. Okay. Masika looking over the runes on this pillar. Yep. Or the hieroglyphs on this pillar. The hieroglyphs appear to be standard prayers. Most of these seem to be prayers in dedication to various deities. Uh, you see here uh, Isis, Osiris, Sekhmet, etc. Oh, I was about to be like, did he pull a Benny? Mm. Yep. Every god. You all owe me. <laughs> Sudi Citra uh, stepping a little bit off towards the side and looking up again. Each one of the creatures depicted in these statues doesn't quite look sphinx-like or cat-like or... It's, again, it, they're supposed to be sphinxes, but they look off. That being said... Mm. No, getting close enough to use your, I believe it's a 60-foot range with your detect golems. Stepping forward and looking up the 30 feet up to the uh, the alcoves, these niches that are carved into the uh, the walls. No, they don't appear to be golems. Uh, I'll go ahead and check all the rest of them in case there's one in disguise. Nice. Hollis detecting magic. Mm-hmm. They're not magical. All right, then I guess I'll get to studying. Very well. So Hollis is studying. Uh, Sudi, you are making your way to go and check the next one. Yep. Oh, and I did, just for the record's sake, click on my mage armor and see invisibility and overland flight, etc. My normal packet of, of spells. Okay. Really just those three. And Citra would also like to cast her own scroll of see invisibility. Okay. Yeah, Masika will tap on Two's leg. Um, I'm gonna yes. go look at the vortex if you want to stay, you know, nearby. I'll move forward. <laughs> Although since Sudi and Citra are also moving forward, I don't want to leave Hollis all by herself back here. Thanks. Two will move basically into the center of the room. Uh-huh. Mystico will move forward enough so she can try to get a figure out what the heck is going on with this vortex of air. So Citra, Sudi, Masika, moving towards the far end of the chamber, you can see that the chamber exits in a, uh, a large archway some 30 feet across, 30 feet high, held up by two large pillars. Beyond this, you can see illuminated by the occasional flash of light and heralded by the crash of thunder and the wind sound reverberating from above. A shaft? It looks like the passage continues before it just drops off. And again, you can see a massive maelstrom of wind swirling around in a clockwise formation. It's only occasionally illuminated from flashes of electricity inside, like these clouds rolling through a chamber of smooth, unblemished limestone. The wind howls continuously and mournfully. Uh, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Okay. Mm. Uh, Hollis only gets a 6 for a 21. Uh, I get a uh, 12. That gets me a 39. Missy Curl's a 4. Um, she gets a 13 with the bonuses. Gosh, my dice are all over the place today. I rolled a two for a 23. Two for a 23. Yeah. All right. Thank goodness Sudi got a better roll. <laughs> Sudi, you make your way forward. Masika comes up alongside of you. 
imagine, you know, tugging at the uh, the end of her barbels as she uh, she curiously looks out into the maelstrom. Citra flanking off the other side, you can feel the heat coming off of two as he walks into the center of the room, just kind of shuffling past Hollis to keep her protectively within his 15-foot threat range. Mm. As you step forward, look out, look up towards the, uh, the statue overhead, touch your scarab, note that it's not a golem, look back towards your companions, look back up. Something is happening in that niche. The statue seems to be, for lack of a better term, almost vibrating. It's as if it's in a slightly different position than when you looked a moment before. However, it is not a golem. At the very least, not according to your necklace. Alright, this one is interesting. Um, it's not a golem, but there's something... It's like it's vibrating, moving ever so slightly. Let's take a closer look, then. Could be some other type of construct that's not a golem. It's very true. Chisisek was a master builder. Is it hmm. all the statues, or just the one? It seems to just be this one, unless... Uh, don't know. I go look at the one opposite of it. Does it seem to be doing the same? Okay. Hollis is studying Citra. Masika, do you have any actions you'd like to take? Uh, Citra's going to go along with Sudi because uh, I figure we're going to check it out together. I don't know. <laughs> I've got my, uh, my lens, which could give me a boost. So uh, It won't work because they're up. Like, they're lifted up. They're 30 feet up. Yeah, they're 30 feet up. I assume that you're just stepping over to take a closer look at this one. Yeah. Well, I have nothing else I can could cast an overland flight if I need to. These statues look like statues. Like, they don't look like they have plates, like a clockwork or anything like that. No, I mean, they they look to just be bizarrely formed winged lion statues, like you'd expect of a sphinx. Yeah, there's not going to be a poorly made depiction of a sphinx in Hakatep's pyramid. Uh, Masika's just going to hang out where she is in case one of these (laughs) things comes alive. Takes a five-foot step closer to two. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Yeah, Sudi, Citra, you can both make me a perception roll again. Technically, the entire party can. Masika is not going to be able to get high enough to do anything. Me either. Okay, I roll a 19, which gets me a 46. I also rolled a 19, but I only got a 40. Only. Well, compared to his 46, you know. True. Sudi's really good at seeing with his one eye. Citra, with your 40, you can see it now that Sudi's pointed this out to you. And maybe because it seems to be a little bit more noticeable now. It's Almost, as you look over this statue, as you notice it from the same statue ahead and off towards your right, it's almost like both of these statues, the only way you can describe it is is something akin to a dog slowly stretching, like something that has been laying still for a long time, shaking off its torpor and rising up. I don't like this. Sudi, with your higher check, You note that this one is shaking much like the one that you'd seen initially. Much like as you glance around and see in the corner of your vision from the dim light from the illumination off of two's blazing wings. The other two closer to the entrance are doing. As if all four had begun to awaken simultaneously. And now, Ah. after three rounds of shaking (laughs) off this... Yep age-old rest, they seem to be fully rising. And in fact, you notice it well enough that the two of you both get to act in the surprise attack round. As I will need initiative from the party. Oh, no. Great. I just wanted to read the floor. 
I should have known. You should have. We should have checked before he read the floor. Uh, that's what you get for trying to read, Jessica. I know. Who reads in a dungeon? <laughs> All right. Let's cue up a little combat music. Sirenscape. You're right not to trust the statues. Trust zero statues ever. <sighs> we should have known. And we did. It was, it was too open. There was no way. Well, so and, and Heather brought up here. a good point. It's like Hockatep would not have these weird, you know, distorted-looking sphinxes in here. Yep. And so there's some kind of creature that maybe can assume stone like a gargoyle. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be cool. Maybe oh, that's what they are. Oh my goodness. They'd be have to be super powerful gargoyles. Mm. <laughs> All right. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls a 13 for a 20. Okay. Sudi Kantar. Sudi rolls a 7 for a 13. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls an 8 for a 10. Citra Nahamra. Citra rolled a 19 for a 25. 2 rolls a 16 for a 24. And the creatures. So combat begins as the four creatures shake off the sleep of Aeons. They are, however, still actually shaking off their last round of sleep. So uh, the first one finishes shaking off, uh, rises up. As it does so, its entire body shudders, almost as if the stone rolls off of it or flakes free from it, at which point its form seems to roil and change. The creature remains vaguely feline. However, the horrible mass of barbed tentacles explodes from its side and back, glaring eyes and gnashing teeth twisting upon itself and reshaping into a continuous array of feline octopoid avian it's difficult to tell what some weird chimera creature citra nahamra they're 30 feet up aren't they correct frick frick i knew i should have cast overland flight i would like to ready yeah all right i will ready that when one of them closes in i will get it so citra readies yes only because i don't know if these guys have true seeing but mm. let me know hollis I will when it's my turn. So Citra yells, Hollis! In a second. Hollis like, huh? Yep. Two, bring that light a little closer. Like one wing kind of sticks out. It's like there's this weird overlap. It's hard to tell. Hmm. What is this cat-like shadow here? Why is it also an octopus and a bird? Uh Uh-oh. That feels Uh, like a Two is surprised in the surprise attack round since, but although two does probably like mentally hear Citra and Sudi's shouts of uh, surprise since he is uh, mentally connected. The next one shakes free of its torpor. Hollis is surprised. The next two also shake free. Sudikantar. They're exploding with tentacles everywhere. Kick them. All right, so swift action. Uh, let's go into pummeling style. And uh, yeah, I'm going to ready along with Citra. All right, Sudi readies his fists. Masika is surprised, bringing us to round one of combat. The first creature. Yeah, Sudi and I are like doing our Charlie's Angels poses over here. the first creature launches itself forward yep spreads its misshapen wings dives down 20 feet wow soars forward at hollis as it dives off of the platform the stomach of the creature explodes into Ah. 10 foot long barbed tentacles which lash down at hollis as it closes no thanks Uh, what the heck are these things However, it is unaware of Two's combat reflexes as his blade whips out. Thanks, Two. Swinging (laughs) out at the creature. 
Oh, I'm surprised. Like, oh, God. No sudden movements. So he then spins around and swings like a startled cat. That's fine. Good. Or a startled bird in his case. Uh, Lashing out with his flaming sword. That is with a 38, which will strike his target as it goes selling past. We love to. We love to see it. (laughs) He is not power attacking or anything, however. Still slamming home for 3d6 plus 15. 30 points of damage as his blade cleaves through the side of this thing. Nice. What you can only describe as a a prismatic spray of blood explodes out of its side as it bleeds this almost like light reflecting off of oil sheen oh. of blood Weird. in various colors that sprays across the ground. However, his blade cleaves through to full effect, 30 points yes. of damage cutting into the side of this thing. What in the heck are these things? The creature screeches in pain, which sounds like the yowl of a cat mixed with the screech of a barn owl as its tentacles lash down towards Hollis. I I disapprove at all of this. (laughs) I liked it better when he was first describing them and they just sounded like knockoff displacer beasts. These are way, way worse. (laughs) That is a 31 to strike Hollis flat-footed. I mean, yeah. Scoring across Hollis's flesh for a painful 14 points of damage, I will need a fortitude save from the wizard. Not great. Is it a death effect or a fear effect? Fear effect. Uh, it is a curse. Oh, no. Of course well, it is. that's not the same thing. Uh, fortitude, <laughs> you say? Yes. Uh, I roll a 16 for a 26. Ooh. 26? All right. Man, should my yeah. curse sense have gone off? <laughs> This no, but I believe attack. you get a save bonus versus curses, so do keep that in mind. I do. I have a plus four Ouch. versus curses. The claws rip into you. Again, they're each, like, they're small, almost one-inch diameter tentacles end, ended in barbed hooks as they flail no. down at you and slice into your side. All right, Hollis, what is this? I Remember what like this it. is, Hollis. Uh, rips through you. Ah. It continues moving with its flyby attack. Oh, they got flyby. Oh, of course it has oh, flyby gosh. attack. As Great. it glides around the these. outside of the room, beginning to circle wide, bring us to Citra. They're moving. I still don't know if these guys can see me or not. If I go invisible, I can't we tell don't, you We don't know. What, I mean, you're going to have to wait another round and see I mean, if you they... can delay, but you don't know how yeah. long you're going to have to delay. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, Citra's going to pull out a scroll of Overland Flight and cast it. Very well. Nice. Uh, you will need to make a use magic device to cast that scroll. Okay. I roll an 11, which gets me a 30. Uh, ninth level, so DC 29. Oh, man, I just barely got that then. <laughs> <laughs> Good. At least you got it. So, yeah, you kick on kick in your overland flight. That's it for me. All right. Gotta get in there. <laughs> From Citra, we go to two, who takes a look at the uh, the one soaring around, takes a look at the other one up top. Uh, goes ahead and makes himself a knowledge the planes because he does have a plus 20 in that. Good. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> he rolls really good. He knows everything. He rolls very good. Yay! Yay! Tell us all the things, Two. Tell us all the things. Mm-hmm. So Two glances up towards it, narrows his, his eyes, would click his beak if he had a mouth. It's some sort of chaos beast. But I've never seen one quite like it. Uh, they don't have organs. Stabbing it in traditional sense won't work for you, Citra. Uh, and he glances down towards Hollis. Uh, also, any sort of transmutation that changes their form will only work for a few seconds. Petrification, polymorph, anything, they'll just bounce right back. They are always in flux. 
right. don't let them claw you. It will uh, pass the curse of their insubstantiality onto you. Oh, so that's what that oh, was. Great. Making you into uh, some sort of amorphous blob. <laughs> what? I don't want wow. to Yeah, it, it will make you into a spongy, shapeless mass. So don't. I don't exactly Funny. have options other than stabbing. Well, you can stab. It just ain't gonna, you know, there's no kidney to stab. He will Was that just focus. a fancy way of telling me that I can't crit these? Yeah, you can't attack They're immune to critical and sneak attack. Yep. Any precision-based damage. Well, you're just not going to do the big damage. Well, you're just not going to do a whole heck of yeah. a lot of damage. But they, these, these guys look like if they got flyby attack and stuff. We're going to be chasing them all over this place. He will yep. focus, however, on the far side of the room, extend uh, his free hand that is not holding his kopesh, and go ahead and make a 40-foot column of holy flame that explodes up from Whee! the floor all the way up to the ceiling of this chamber and yes, consumes the that. one that just hit uh, Hollis as well as the one that hasn't taken to the wing yet Thanks, over buddy. there. How tall are these ceilings? Uh, the ceiling in this room is 40 feet high. Uh, they're, the platforms they are on is 30 feet high, so it's 10 feet shy of the ceiling of this room. Okay. And he counts as a castle level 15 for this, so that's going to be 15 d6 points of mixed fire and holy damage. So that's going to be 46 points of damage, depending on their saves. So let me go ahead and bounce those real quick. Oh, well, both of them fell, so that's a, Yay! a lot of damage. Oh, and he glances down towards Hollis. Also, any element's going to hurt them. Oh, good. The rare outsider that is fully affected by all elements. From two, we go to the uh, the northwestern one, which flies off, dives down, flies over Sudi and Citra's head. Uh, however, it does pass within 15 feet of two's massive threat range, at which point his blade lashes out again with his combat reflexes. <laughs> I love him. However, two does lash out, slices out at this thing with his blade, scoring a hit with a 37, mostly fighting myself right now. <laughs> Masika would like to to join the Beckon and just travel with us. It's cool, you know. It's fine. <laughs> That's a very expensive daily rate for you. Get a you get a camel, you know. That's not enough. A camel I mean, a day. A camel um, that only works on one of his three forms. Two. You no, know, it'll work for two of them. Small and medium. Okay, all right. Technically, he can get small. Yeah, I guess. That's so true too. it will dive down. Uh, it will go ahead and lash out at Citra as it passes. Tentacles exploding again. One of its four. One of its uh, four legs out of its four legs, but one of the F O R E legs uh, extends down into a fifteen foot long, like ropey cat paw on the end of a, uh, a tentacle before it lashes down at you. Ooh, that's probably gonna hit. Oh, thanks. Thirty nine. Yep. It hurts when uh, Bounce me a fortitude save if you don't want to become a spongy mass. But it doesn't hurt too bad. You just don't want to feel that. And you said it is a curse, correct? It is a curse. All right. So I get, I roll an 11, which gets me a 23 plus four, which is a 27. That does succeed. You do still, however, take 10 points of damage as the claws rake across your shoulder and arm from your, as you just kind of bring up an arm to shield your head. I already got a curse. I don't need another one. True. As it glides around to the far side of the chamber, Hollis Starkweather. Okay, I want to start by asking a question about prismatic wall, which is, okay. does the wall have to sit on the floor, or could I put it five feet up from the bottom of the floor, making five feet below and five feet above the pieces that aren't covered with my 30-foot high wall? So if you moved 10 feet closer, you'd have line of sight to that entire side, at which point you can make a prismatic wall that is four feet wide per level, and two feet high per level. Yeah, so it's 60 by 30. But I was thinking of doing kind of like a viscerally square off the whole 
section here. Oh, and put those two in jail? And put these two in jail. Hmm. Nice. And then I can essentially just have it like five foot and five foot, and maybe they can squeeze through the five foot, but maybe also if they can't and they have to go through the wall, I don't really know. Uh, it would slow them down, I would think. Yeah, I mean, because you can summon it anywhere. As, as long, long as, as it does not, not occupy them, yeah. the space of an object or another creature. Oh, wow. However, if you're not if you're not wanting to move forward and you're wanting to do it as an angle across that distance, so you're wanting yeah. to do it instead of being a straight line, you want to do it at a diagonal. And okay, then you so want to leave a five-foot gap at the bottom and the top because you can only make it 30 feet high, correct? That's what I was thinking. But first I want to roll on them and see if they can, like, uh, oh, wow. I know a lot about these, apparently, after two told me a bunch. Uh, okay, so that's a 19 plus. It, like, sparked your memory, you know? I roll a 47 to know things Jeez. about chaos beasts. Okay. I might have studied them as part of looking into wild magic. They feel related. I mean, yeah, so they're kind of chaotic. you are familiar with these creatures as being beings called chaos beasts. A chaos beast form changes without any goal or purpose. <laughs> Though at any particular second, a chaos beast may appear to have dozens of limbs, whether claws, tentacles, stingers, and so on. The lightning quick shifts of its body mean that most of those are gone before it has a chance to actually even use them. And its <laughs> attacks are always treated as claws, regardless of the creature's appearance. Oh. Um, because again, it's just an amorphous mass. Creepy. This one seems slightly more stable than Warmed. usual. Mm. First off, you know that they don't have the ability to turn themselves in and out of stone, so that's new. Something. Uh, in addition to in. that, Chaos Beasts uh, cannot normally maintain enough stability to actually have wings. However, even though their wings are shifting into bat wings, bird wings, insect wings, etc., they do seem to be able to maintain them enough to actually fly, huh. which is odd for a Chaos Beast. That is odd. Beyond that, these seem to be otherwise infused as well. Although exactly how that works, you're not entirely positive. You are aware of what two was already telling you, which is one that they are amorphous, which means that they do not have... Basically, an amorphous creature's body is malleable and shapeless. It's immune to precision, damage, and critical hits, etc., etc. So same thing as an ooze or an elemental. Sure. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, you're aware that these creatures are resistant to transformation. Mechanically speaking, it does not give them a resistance bonus. It just means that if you polymorph them or petrify them or anything like that, it lasts for one round. At which point ah, they return back to their original state. Oh, man. So how, whatever he did, if he's the one that, that changed them, was pretty powerful. Correct. <laughs> Lastly, you are aware that they're resistant to all magic, uh, much as <laughs> two was initially kind of informing you. And also that they have, uh, I mean, technically I'd count this as a defensive ability because they constantly sprout new limbs. They actually can't be tripped because if they okay. fall on their back, a lot of times they actually have tentacles on their back that are moving them along, too. So it's difficult <laughs> to know what side of them is actually up. Good gracious. And they do have their uh, corporeal instability, which is their curse. Unlike a regular curse, however, it acts somewhat akin to a poison, (laughs) wherein you get saves each round to resist it. And after enough successful saves, you can actually break free of the curse. If that's before or after you turn into a sponge, that's the question. Sounds terrible. Yep. Uh, You may ask an additional two questions pertaining towards the Chaos Beast. Um, Special qualities? The only thing that you'd really count as a special quality for these is they appear to have an ability akin to freezing, uh, much like a gargoyle does. That is not something traditionally chaos beasts have. However, having observed them, you believe they possibly do, that they are able to choose to turn into statues. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, just what's their deal, man? Where are they from? (laughs) Uh, For the most part, people don't really necessarily know. Uh, however, they are most commonly found in the Maelstrom. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Deep in the chaos. Uh, I think I am going to prismatic wall this corner of the room off. Okay. 
Uh, and I'll do, since they don't have any squeezing and they're 10 foot, that one's still in his little cubby though. One of them is still in their little cubby. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you can basically make it so he can't get out. Okay. So essentially, um, prismatic wall does allow spell resistance as they move through it. And I roll for each layer of the wall. So that's just a thing that I will keep in mind if they decide to fly through the wall. Okay. And I, you know, would communicate the other stuff to people. Although I think two covered all the important stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to keep these ones over here because there's a lot. All right. That's my turn. Magical rainbow wall. <laughs> nice. That takes us from Hollis to the southwestern one of the tentacled beasts. As it soars down, uh, lashes out with a long ropey tentacle that explodes out of its side with a um, leech-like sucker mouth on it as it scores oh, across yeah. Masika, or attempts to. It will attempt to attack Masika. It, however, does provoke an another attack of opportunity from two, who continues to lash out at everything within reach. Good job, two. Reaping the whirlwind. If only he had whirlwind. That would be yeah, so Yeah, he gets awesome. five attacks of opportunity per round, so. Mm. And technically, he's already reset, so he's actually, this is only a second one. Sweeping his sword out, that is with a 44, which is a hit and threat. Nice. They cannot be criticaled, but scores his foe. 30 more points of damage as his blade cleaves Ooh. into the side of this thing. Goodness. It swipes down at the shaman with a, looking at a 34. You are flat-footed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. these things hit. Yeah, Sucks. I was going to say, they're pretty much going to hit us all the time. I mean, if I wasn't flat-footed, that wouldn't have hit me. Yeah, yeah. she's got good AC. Hmm. Uh, scoring you for 16 points of damage, and I will need a fortitude save as its sucker-like mouth latches onto your shoulder. Uh, I roll a 17 for a 26. Okay. Narmer you know, screams and waves his tentacles. Tentacles. <laughs> waves his barbers. Tentacles. <laughs> oh, no, Narmer has tentacles now. Oh, God, yeah, he's he infected. I got how does she work? Infects inanimate objects. Oh gosh, they're like those snakes know. that you would hold and they wiggle because they have like a bunch of little joints in them or whatever. No, Ooh. no, now, now I'm brash. Ooh. Now I'm titanium. Oh no, now I'm iron. Oh my. Uh, it continues to fly past, circling around too. My gosh. Last one shakes free. Oh, there's a there's a wall there. Mm -hmm. I like how British he sounded. Oh, there's a wall there. Very very well. Yeah, very well. yeah. Hey, that was I was expecting that. Oh, my. I mean, for all we know, they could be very smart. Yeah, we don't know. They I could be very British. Yeah. They could have average human intelligence. Hmm. Do I have spellcraft? Do I know what this is? That's a question. Yeah, I don't have any spellcraft. <laughs> now I feel I bad about hitting it. Sir. Bartholomew here. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bartholomew. No, oh, oh, actually, because I'm a variant. Chaos Beast, I have an intelligence of 14. Oh, wow, that's heck? pretty smart. I'm How dare clever. they? I even have a wisdom of 6 and a charisma of 15. I'm very charming. Uh, <laughs> They're learning about themselves as they come back from stone. Yeah. I've been sleeping like so long, I've forgotten all about that. You know, I'm going to go ahead, and just to play this fair, I'm going to go ahead and make a wisdom check. That's a good idea. Because I might just go, you know what, this is just a colorful wall. I'm immune to a lot of magic. Maybe I'm arrogant after all of this time. I mean, technically speaking, I could just squeeze through under it as difficult terrain, uh, since it is still large enough to accommodate me and does not technically require an escape artist check. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and make this. Let's, let's go ahead and make this a, a DC 15 wisdom check. He's got to shake off the grogginess. He's been asleep for like 6,000 years. True. Nope, nope, that's a failure. I haven't killed anyone in a long time and I'm very excited. <laughs> so, uh, 
<laughs> fly ahead. I'll fly right at that uh, that's little the scrawny little elf down there. Can we make can we make him a friend? I want him to be my friend. <laughs> this one in particular. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, I I want to kill you. I'm sorry. I won't be your friend. However, it was very polite of you to offer. I have to roll he then launches so himself into the air and flies forward. Yeah, he's going to go ahead and pass through that wall because uh, he oh, doesn't here know we go. Okay, the first layer, the red layer. I get a 24 to get over his spell resistance. I only rolled a 5. 24 gets through. Yeah, that's All good. Right. He uh, takes 20 points of fire damage. He gets a reflex save for half. All right, he'll go ahead and make that reflex save. Let's see what we got. It's a 26 DC. All right, so he succeeds. So he takes uh, 10 points of fire damage, I believe. Yes. Then I roll a nat 20 to get through the spell resistance, which is like a 35, 39 or something. 39 will succeed. So this is 40 points of acid. He gets a reflex save for half. Yep, keep the tumbling, orange. keep tumbling. Uh, he gets a 25. He fails. He takes 40 points of acid damage. Ouch. All right. Okay, that got... burns. <laughs> this is 14 my on the favorite dive, monster, and I'm very sad. Uh, 33 really, will succeed. Really, if I don't roll below a five, so far five is the lowest I've rolled. Uh, so he's going to take 80 points of electricity, reflex for half. Oh, he might make that. That's a uh, 28. He does make that. He takes half, so 40. Ow, ow. Okay. Ouch. I'm I roll very going. badly. I roll a nat one. Oh, no. That gets me a 20. Uh, 20 will not get through his spell resistance. Okay, so he does not get poisoned. It's unfortunate for him. Ah, jolly good. All right. The next one I roll is 17 on the die, which is way above the five that I rolled. Um, so he can be turned to stone. Fortitude negates. Well, I mean, it's going to yeah. bust out of it stop anyway. there for a second. I don't know. Let's let's see. Uh, yeah, that actually might have failed. It's a 26. That is. Oh, then, yeah. 23 will not succeed. Hey. So he's stone. Okay. Um, <laughs> I roll a six on the die, which is above the five. I think it's like a 24 or something. And... Okay. Uh, all of his spells are stopped, which doesn't matter. Um, and he gets a will save or he becomes insane. Okay. Does that still affect him? I'm curious if that affects him if he's a statue. I don't know. Uh, maybe he has to do these as like when he becomes not a statue and he keeps going. You should read the description and see if they all fire simultaneously. No, I think it's as you move through them. In yeah, as you move through it, you well, move through destroying each. destroying them. Hold on. Yeah. Well, I think it's the same way because you're technically moving through the colors of the spectrum as you're moving yeah. through it. Yeah. Yeah, I would like imagine a, you like go one at a time. Cake. So, so he'll pick up next time when he's not a statue through the rest of it, right? Yeah, I would think so. So, so I guess once he hits the statue layer, he stops, and then... He sells two let's layers of statue. Let's just assume that it hits him all at once, because he's technically moving through the area effect. So let's go ahead and roll and see whether or not he's a... Insane? A insane statue. Insane. If nothing else, it'll save us time later. Yep. Is that 27? That passes. He is not insane. Okay. Uh, and then I roll an 11 for a 30 to get through that uh, spell resistance. And the last one is creatures are sent to another plane will negates. Okay. Energy oh, field man, destroys all does. objects and effects. Okay, so that's a 21. He fails. However, you can't actually... So the impenetrable effect of the impenetrable pyramid mm -hmm. is that it bars all form of extraplanar travel and teleportation. It states dimension door, phase door, teleportation, and the like. I think they're mm. basically future-proofing it for when they put out future spells. That someone's like, aha, it didn't say specifically that stops this one spell that lets me transport, pose my position with another person. 
uh, specifically states all teleportation and extraplanar travel. Mm. So, mm. no. However, it gets into a weird thing. Technically speaking, well, again, I said that it affects all of them at once. Because technically speaking, when he's petrified, he's an object. Mm-hmm. Which means that exactly. the violet shield... So, yeah, I'd say it's... So, if that's the case, then, yeah, we'll have to argue that it's consecutive order. Which means that he doesn't need to make a will save to be banished to another plane because he's, he's an, an object. object. But it does destroy all objects that pass through it. Nice. So he gets destroyed because he's a statue. He is technically an object at the time. I'll have to remember that. Prismatic wall is baller. Well, yeah, it's a, I don't like how Rick spell. said, I have to remember this because someone up ahead has prismatic the, the, the wall. The fact that Rick said that out loud means that it's... It just means it's don't Prismatic wall, telekinesis. <laughs> if there's a prismatic wall, do not walk through it. That is the rule. Telekinesis. Anyway. Make your save against... Well, no, they can't see you. It's opaque. Sure. Unless they're on the same side as you, which I guess yeah, they, so yeah, they just put it up behind you and then force push you into it. All right, here's yeah. what we do. Hockatep casts Pragmatic Wall, and I do enough uh, repositions that we can finally bull rush him in. <laughs> no, if you cast it, it doesn't hurt you. I can walk through this wall. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I just which imagine, cool. though, that this like creature starts like diving through, and he yep. gets like burned and singed and then turned to stone, and then dust. Oh, my. Yeah. And then he dies. Aww. Eventually... We can bye get ninth level spells, and I can get Mage's Disjunction, which destroys Prismatic Walls totally. Mm. Oh. But I don't know when we're yep. going to fight this person with Prismatic Wall, etc. So meh, we'll see. I was planning yeah. on getting it because I'm not sure. Reginald Billingsworth. <laughs> I was Reginald. his name is worth, but worth Bar- Bartholomew. Yeah. <laughs> Bartholomew. Oh, Bartholomew. This was Bartholomew Billingsworth. There you are. Bartholomew. Bartholomew, yes. Bartholomew Billingsworth because he's. I'm a very cat. sad. That takes us to. It just reminds me of the Hitchhiker's Guide with the whale and the petunia falling through the sky, like the oh, whole monologue of the yeah. whale. Um, okay, so uh, the one that flew over us that attacked uh, Masika, how high up is he? He's flying at a height of 10 feet. A height of 10 feet, you say? Correct. So if I was 10 feet, I'd be able to hit him, you say? Yes, your head so, would be level with his feet. All right, so Sudi's swift action is going to uh, embiggen himself. Punch it as Achilles. Uh, and then I am going to uh, flying kick and full out attack it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're being yourself, take a five foot step. You could just full out attack. Oh, I can also just do kick. that too. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Flying kick sounded fun. It doesn't really matter. It's the same effect. <laughs> so I will uh, basically like he like he like gets big, takes a big old step over uh, over Citra, like does the like Riker <laughs> maneuver basically to like yeah. get his other foot in position, <laughs> and then just starts punching this creature. Here we go. All right. Oh, man. The advantage to doing the step and enlarge is, I believe, flying kick still provokes attack of opportunity for moving yes, through a range. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Okie dokie. So I roll a 19, which gets me a uh, 43. A 43 will strike your foe. For 20 points of damage. They don't have any uh, damage reduction, do they? They do, although you do get through it after that point. So it okay. would knock off right. the first part of it. Okay. Their damage reduction is not a standard thing for... Um, Chaos Beast. Chaos Beast. It's part of them being a variant. The, however, it's, it's also part of that gargoyle uh, thing. Yeah. However, it's also good. So two didn't even realize he was dealing with damage reduction because he mm. was already just slicing. Oh straight right, through it right, right, right. Because two is good. Okay. Well, Sudi's not good. Um, Capital so second G, attack. Good. Mm-hmm. Subtype good. <laughs> uh, so second attack is a twelve for a thirty-six. Thirty-six will strike your foe. All right. That is sixteen points of damage. All of that going through. Oh, that's bad. That's a two uh, for a 21. 21 will not strike your opponent. I didn't really think it was going to hit. Uh, all right, fourth attack. 
Again, you keep punching this, and sometimes, like, sometimes you're hitting and it's fleshy, sometimes it's like scales, sometimes yeah. it's chitinous, and you're like, oh, God. It's weird. It all just feels uh, weird. Yeah. It's probably like he punches it, and it's like jiggling and shifting underneath him. Ew. Punches mm. one uh, time, and his hand kind of goes in, like suctions into it. It's like, ah. ah. It's like punching that was a gelatinous cube. Form. <laughs> yeah, that was its yeah. easy bits. Um, okay, I roll a 17, uh, which gets me a 31. A 31 will strike your foe. Hey, all right, that is uh, 15 points of damage. Another solid hit, semi-solid hit. You know what? It's the it's first fight. I am going to not do a key strike. Okay. I'm going to try to save those in case we run into something really bad. Yep, we have yet. We have just begun. Oh, these things are alive. I could have stunning striked them too, but I doubt that would have actually worked. <laughs> no, it might work. They didn't have the worst or the best fort saves. Well, yeah, maybe. All right, I'll try that next time. From there we go to Masika of the Beckon, one at the bottom of that initiative list. Yep. All right. I'm going to cast Umbral Strike on the one that's right south of me. Okay. So the one that flew over and struck Citra before flying past you. Yes. It, uh, they have spell resistance. They do have spell resistance. So many weird powers. Uh, I get a 27. 27 will get over its spell resistance as you turn, extend an arm, call um. upon the power of Narmer. So, uh, they need to make a fortitude save. Fortitude save, you say. Not the best. Oh, that's still 23. Uh, that fails. Oh. So, they'll nice. take full damage, and, uh, they're also blind for the next 15 rounds. Nice. Oh, okay. oh, nice. So, it'll be 15d6 of damage. Half of it is, uh, cold. Half of it is, uh, negative energy. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right, so that's not the best roll. It'll take 47 points of damage, but it is blind for the hit. next 15 rounds. Yeah, blind and the is blindness great. is huge. It's also curious because, like, you would think kind of like a... It would pop out new eyes? Yeah, it would just pop out new eyes, but apparently not. Yes, but, okay, the spell says that I fire a bolt of dark energy. Oh, I need to make a ranged touch attack. I didn't even read oh. that part of the spell. I roll a perfect 20. Ooh! Which is a threat. There we they go. cannot be critical. They can't be critical, <laughs> but I hit. All right, so um, a bolt of dark energy uh, hits the target, and the sh bolt shadow expands over the target, rendering him blind for the duration of the spell, which is one round okay. per level. Is it a transmutation so spell? It is a necromancy spell. Okay. Then, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> nice. one. It's, so it's just, it's blind because it's covered in shadows. Yeah, there's a creepy yes. darkness yeah. on it. Wow. It's been enveloped in shadow. Magical, yes. creepy it's darkness. Masika used her, like, octopus-like ink attack, where she just went, ah, <laughs> <laughs> I like catfish. You made me I was just finding something oh, no, water adjacent. Uh, you still have a move action left. I'm going to take a five-foot step uh, back and over it. Never mind. Hi, too. <laughs> They're like, Cuddle up to two. Yes, two Save extends two. His, his sheltering wings like a mother bird around Hollis and Masika. <laughs> but that's the end of my turn. That takes us from there back to the other shadow beast, which kind of turns, looks over at uh, the scattering remains of his buddy that went through, goes, oh my, <laughs> as he banks around the, uh, the pillar. And uh, yeah, he'll go ahead and start swinging wide around letting a screeching roar as the other one continues to like bank back around to face off against Sudi and the last one blinded kind of flails his tentacles around they sound very British to each other at least yes. <laughs> we'll see whether or not he gets through the uh, the wall next time we ran out of time oh, we'll see goodness ah uh, chaos chaos
chaos beasts. All right, beasts. let's do it. Do it. We'll see if he uh, successfully can... limbos under the wall next yeah, time. Yeah, you get limbo, technically. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.